Welcome to another episode of the Shredder Show. Today, this is going to be fun because we've got Dean Henry from UAE Peptides and we're going to have a master class on peptides. So this is something I've wanted to go in depth on before and we haven't had anyone to talk about this before. So thank you very much for your time today, Dean. Thank you, Charlie. Thank you for having me. Looking forward to it. Um, so for anyone listening to this, very brief synopsis, what are peptides? So peptides are basically just a chain of amino acids. So as soon as two amino acids are bonded together, it becomes a peptide. Um, peptides generally from the peptides we're going to be talking about today will be anything up to a chain of 50 amino acids after that it gets to polypeptides growth hormone etc uh, and then from peptides from two to four is the subcategory peptide bioregulators awesome now a lot of the audience listening to this are going to be men 30 to 40 so they want to be jack they want to be tan they want to be smart if you were that type of individual what would you recommend taking what sort of peptides do uae peptides facilitate that if that makes sense jack smart and tan yeah <laughs> um, so it's superhuman right yeah superhuman that's what we do it for right so i mean i've been i've been researching okay. peptides and doing peptides for 11 years uh tanning was not an issue obviously but, <laughs> but anyone who's watching the video <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, i'm mixed race so. <laughs> caribbean heritage so yeah tanning's not an issue but uh even though i did do um melanotan one okay uh, which is really good for uh if you're doing a lot of meditation okay. and, and inward work so i took that um I think for about three days, and I was so dark. My wife is like, what are you doing? I said, it's not for the tanning, obviously. So that's an amazing product. But yeah, Melodotan 1 uh, for tanning is fantastic. Yeah. And as, as I say, for meditation. And Does focus. it actually help in that, in what respect, in terms of like calming you down? or? Yeah, it's like, it's like this, uh, it just gives you this inward focus. Uh, so when you're meditating, it just takes you to that level, you know, where some people do struggle to. And the amount of people you speak, you speak to that meditate, so it doesn't work. I said, how do you know it doesn't work? You know, but this does take you to another level. I did really find that, but... You know, if I'd have continued on. Were you taking that before doing the meditation or were you taking that? Taking it before during the meditation, but it's one of those things that stays in the system. Compounds. Yeah, exactly. Compounds over time. So that's a really good one. I've actually, not going to lie, I've got a load of it in my fridge, so I'm going <laughs> to try that then. Okay. Not, you, not to be tanned, but... Yeah, but if you're as brown as me when yeah. I see you, you know, something going on. Uh, and then jacked, well, uh, I mean, there's a plethora of peptides. I think now, over the 11 years, um, you know, process, uh, trial and error, I think... Uh, Tessamorellum, okay. uh, which is a GHRH. So we're talking about secretagogues, right? So uh, hormone secretagogues. Uh, GHRH, which is a growth hormone releasing hormone. Tessamorellum in the evening, because uh, that mimics what your growth hormone's doing when you go to bed. And then the GHRP, growth hormone releasing peptide, which uh, is ipamorellum, just one of many, but ipamorellum is the main one. Those two combined just give amazing results. Um, because, again, again, it's mimicking what the systems do naturally. How I try and explain it, even though we know we don't have a hormone tank or growth hormone tank, is that uh, the tessamorellin, it fills up your hormone tank. The ipamorellin releases it. So these two together, you just get amazing results. And in fact, I know we discussed about paddle. Um, <laughs> I, I'm sure that while I was playing paddle for two weeks and not training, I started to get a little bit more bulked out, but that's because I was on the two products. So if I wasn't on that, I'd, I don't know how much weight I would have lost. But yeah, fantastic, those two as a combination. And then SMART, um, I mean, we haven't even touched on the bioregulators yet, which, which I would like to, to do more detail. But we have things like uh, CMAX, Solanc. These peptides have been created for uh, anxiety, uh, Alzheimer's, any neurological diseases. And these are quite popular because you can actually take them intra, uh, intranasally. And you do feel it within 10 minutes, you feel more focused. So I really like those peptides. Some people do suffer from headaches, so you just need to get the dosage right. Um, but that combination there is a, is a very powerful stack, actually. Melanotan, 
uh, Tessa Merlin, Ipa Merlin, and C Max and C Max and Slank. Unbelievable stack. So we we have some clients who use um, actual growth hormone for anti aging purposes. Would you? Would it be a bad idea to stack those peptides with that additionally? I probably wouldn't do that. Yeah. I would do one or the other. Okay. Uh, and maybe when they cycle off of the growth hormone, then cycle on to okay. the uh, tesamorelin or epimelin or there's a CJC125, which is another GHRH as well. So, yeah, I probably wouldn't do them at the same time, though. No. Okay. And something I know um, a lot of people have issues with is things like gut health. And I know BPC157 is like one of the big things that helps with that. Um, is there anything else from a peptide's point of view that you would use for people who have maybe have digestive issues to try and help with that? Yeah. So firstly, KPV. Uh, this is such a powerful product. It's actually, my, this is my, my peptide of the year. So this is for gut health. It's mainly an anti-inflammatory for IBS, uh, but for joint health as well. Um, yeah, it's quite seductive because sometimes it's not an anti-inflammatory drug. So, you know, when we talk about peptides, we're talking about uh, addressing the root cause, not not curing or creating that sort of suppression effect you get from allopathic medicine. Um, so, but it still can be a bit seductive. So, I mean, if I was to speak to anyone about KPV, I said, just stick to your training while you're on it. Don't try to increase it too much because you will feel like you're, you know, you're invincible. But, you know, that can come with problems, especially at my age. You're, you'll be fine. <laughs> I'll have to be careful. Um, and also for allergies, okay. uh, I've got a, um, a friend in the UK at the moment. And for some reason, hay fever in the UK is through the roof. You go anywhere else in the world, it's not like that. It's got to be something to do with the environment because the pollen there just seems to be so much stronger. I mean, I'm, I'm in Spain. I can see the pollen floating around and I don't get hay fever like that or like I do in the UK. So I've got someone there now who lives in Dubai, a strongman competitor, and his allergies just went through the roof and luckily had some KPV with them with him. I mean, he felt sick. The hay fever was so bad. So I said to him, have you got the KPV with you for your gut? He said, yeah, I'm on the break. I said, go straight back onto it. And uh, within one day, his allergies cleared up. He couldn't believe it. So that's, you know, that's the power of some of these peptides. Um, and then onto the peptide bioregulators. So uh, we can discuss the bioregulators in more detail, but we have one specifically called the stomach. Uh, bioregulator and that just addresses all your digestive issues um it addresses uh, any indigestion and overall gut health functionality with peptides do you think why do you think they haven't been accepted in like modern medicine and conventional medicine if that makes sense and without getting conspiracy theorists do you think some of that's because of um it's not advantageous for big pharmaceutical companies for that to go down that route if that makes sense yeah um so firstly, they're quite different, difficult to patent uh, because they are just uh, amino acid sequences from nature, basically. So that can be quite difficult to patent. Um, the half-lives are quite poor. Uh, so you sometimes have to do multiple injections or two injections a day, and obviously most of them are daily. Uh, so that's quite hard for them to structure as well. Um, and uh, they're, you know, they're not capsules. I mean, we have the, the peptide bioregulators, but they're mainly the peptides we've been working on for the last 11 years, they're, they're injections, which is just, you know, it's annoying for people to work with. So um, that's probably the three main reasons. And it's very, very difficult at the moment for them to monetize it. However, I think now we're up to 16 peptides that have been approved by the FDA. Um, thymus and beta-4, which is another one for injury repair that works alongside BPC. Uh, that's going to be approved anytime soon. They're so TB500? That is also... That's so similar. Yeah, thymus and beta-4 is four fragments of a, of, of a peptide. And then TB500, some people get this confused because they say it's the same thing. It's not. It's a fragment of 
thymus and beta four, and and the the real name for it is fragment seventeen twenty three, which means it's got between seventeen and twenty three amino acids, and that's also known as TB five hundred. Cool. And in regards to say, for example, um, peptide usage, and for example, people on TRT or low, low testosterone, is there a use for peptides maybe to help with people who have low testosterone to maybe bring that back up or hormonal issues in that that presence yeah that's something that i've been working on a lot over the last couple of years actually uh people that have come off testosterone uh i mean i haven't done it myself i'm i I said to myself a long time ago when i'm 50 i'm going to start doing microdose of testosterone so i'm not far off of that a couple of years to go so i will start doing that so i have no issue with testosterone but a lot of people just want to come off of it and you know once they come off it it can it can down regulate right so uh we have um testogen or testes which is a testy uh, which is a bioregulator for the testicular function uh, so that helps you produce your own testosterone so it's working endogenously um kispeptin's an amazing peptide for the precursor to testosterone which is lh and fsh and that works well with both women and men uh, so my wife has taken that recently because you know we're getting close to the pre pre-menopause, uh, pre-menopause age and um she felt a big difference she really liked it so just giving you that little boost of testosterone so those two products i've got so many people on those two at the moment uh testes and kispeptin working really well it's interesting what you say that about um your wife and her having very low testosterone because most women don't understand that one of the reasons they often feel really shit is their testosterone like women need to have a base level of testosterone if they don't have any they feel fucking awful yes and that's i think again is a huge misconception same as like men also need to have some amount of estrogen yes to be able to have like high sex drive, high strength and, and to function correctly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's something that's overlooked. Uh, they do um, these peptide implants, uh, natural uh, implants that uh, you, you put in the back and your back for women. They work really well because they're a slow release. Uh, but it's something that we've looked at for a long time, actually. And it's just it's about the percentages, right? Just because we've got a high level of testosterone, if ours dropped by 20%, it's a, it's a big factor. But of course, if just women have much lower testosterone, but if it drops by 20%, it's still the same impact. And, uh, you know, you can, you can definitely, there's a massive difference uh, from when I see women taking kispeptin and even any sort of form of testosterone. It works very well. And like, if we look at um, well-rounded health, most important thing, fundamental in everything, in my opinion, is sleep. Is there anything you can use to, so I actually had this conversation with my girlfriend earlier. I was like, I wish you could sleep less and have the same amount of results in terms of how you feel. And... I take a few supplements in terms of it, which aid my sleep and help me get deeper sleep. You mentioned order aura rings, using aura rings to track my sleep and try and optimize that. Is there anything you can use to try and really um, get more bang from your buck from sleeping or improve that process? Yeah. So the first peptide I ever took was Epitalon, okay. uh, which helps regulate your melatonin. And then that's now in a capsule form, which we also uh, sell at UAE Peptides, which is called the pineal peptide, which obviously regulates the pineal gland at the center of the bottom of your brain. And that this is such a powerful peptide because what it's doing, it's regulating your circadian rhythm. Now, when, you're, when it's trying to regulate your whole circadian rhythm, it's obviously everything. It's your hormones. So I, I, put, I, I, I use this as like the conductor to the orchestra of hormones. Yeah. Yeah. So this is, so obviously they all have different, you know, functionality. But if you get this one right, then it's really going to help the rest of the hormone balance. So, you know, you take this pineal and there's a, it's not a misconception, but a lot of people say there are no side effects to peptide bioregulators because they test it with over 10 million people over 30 years and no one had any adverse reactions to it. So very, very safe. But uh, there's a caveat to that is that if you take a peptide or bioregulator that needs to do some deep repair, you will feel tired. 
because obviously, as you rightly say, sleep is the foundation of health. So one thing these peptides are going to do is try encourage you to sleep more so you can repair more. So when you take the pineal, um, be prepared. <laughs> you know, for a, it's only a ten day course. You, you yeah. I explain the courses shortly, but for those first ten days, from about day three to about day eight, uh, you will feel tired. You'll want to take afternoon naps. You'll want to go to bed early. And especially if your sleep cycles out to what it should be, because again, we're working with nature here. And if the sun rises at 6 a.m., I'm not sure when it rises here, but if the sun rises at 5.30, 530, okay. sun rises at 5.30, that's when it would like you to be up. And then once it gets dark and the sun sets, that's when it would like you to go to bed. So if you're not doing that, it's going to be trying to make you do that. So you will feel tired at strange times. And you mentioned there in terms of like courses, are the... With peptides, is it the type of thing you need to cycle on or off or you can take it continuously? Or does that depend in terms of different peptides and I presume the goal? Because a lot, a lot of peptides, like from my own experience, I've only used um, BPC-157 and TB-500 for injuries, obviously for a shorter duration to fix an issue. What would you say is the solution for that? Yeah, so we, we've got therapeutic peptides and we've got peptide bioregulators, which are still therapeutic, but research peptides, therapeutic and peptide bioregulators. So... Peptide bioregulators, we like to create what we call pulsing effect. So you do 10 days on, 20 days off. A lot of people I know that uh, where money's no object, they just say, I just want to stay on them because I feel great. I said, but you're not going to get optimal effect because it's creating a pulse. You do 10 days on, 20 days off. 20 days off is just as important as a 10 days on. So uh, almost like reset your receptors for that. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And then you do that for three months. That's a real basic cycle if you've got something to focus on, not if it's chronic, but something you think, oh, actually, you know, um, yeah, my gut's not been quite right or my thyroid's not good. I had a blood test. So that's quite a good basic protocol for peptide bioregulators. And you've got 21 of, of those. For the peptides themselves, it's extremely individual. This is what takes up all my time. Uh, I've been trying to work out how to centralize this because all I do is speak to people about courses, feedback on how they feel, because as I say, you, you need to get a response from people to see how certain peptides they're reacting to, as in, do they feel tired? You know, do, has their libido shot through the roof? It's just getting that sort of feedback is really important. There is a general generalization with peptides, therapeutic peptides, and that generally is maximum three months, five days on, two days off. So you get that little break in between, then you can push it for three months and then three months on, three months off. Six weeks on, six weeks off, so however often you want to run it. Okay. And what's the random question? What's the manufacturing process of peptides? Well, you obviously mentioned they come from branched chain amino acids. Yep. yep. So where are you producing these? Are the UAE peptides are produced in the UAE or? No. So the UAE peptides is the um, peptide bioregulators which are produced in Russia. Okay. And then the research peptides are produced in the US. So we work with okay. compound pharmacy in the US. Okay. And in terms of the long-term usage of peptides, well, like one of the big concerns, for example, I have is in terms of like Alzheimer's, um, which I know is one of the big issues that people have, obviously, in declining health as they age. Mm. And I, know, I believe there are some products out there that are supposed to be able to help with combating that. Yeah. Is there any peptides you guys use to help fight neurological diseases absolutely so the selenk and the cmax which i mentioned okay. earlier so it works intranasally very good also you can do it subcutaneous uh cerebralizing really good peptide for that there's just so many studies on on uh, delaying the onset of or even not you know completely avoiding uh, alzheimer's um we don't access that at the moment that the, the best version of that comes from pig Okay. So, you know, we can't obviously <laughs> access that here for obvious reasons. But I have seen some great results of that outside the Middle East. Uh, unbelievable. It's intramuscular as well, which is interesting. They're normally, they're normally systematic through subcutaneous. Why, why would they do that 
intramuscular versus sub-Q? I don't know, to be honest. I don't know much about this product um, because I haven't really been able to get my hands on it. But um, all the research is saying it works much better intramuscularly. Cool. And in terms of the future of peptides, where do you see this going to in the future with what you guys are doing? Yeah. So look, I'm working with, over the 11 years, I've probably worked with over 60 different peptides. Um, the peptide bioregulators, you know, the reason I'm in the UAE is to really start to launch this business and just the, the whole idea is to get everyone to know about it because some of the results are just so profound and we just want everyone to be taking them. There's no reason why you shouldn't take them. So the peptide bioregulators, excuse me, <clears throat> in, in capsule form, there's no reason why we just can't just get that out to everybody. So And that can just continue to grow. I can't ever see the FDA or anybody clamping down on that because it is just a food source. It's a food supplement. Uh, I mean, I've, you know, I've been in the supplement industry for a while and I know that the FDA have tried to regulate supplements before, but they, they, they weren't successful um, for the simple fact that if the FDA or the allopathic industry start to look at supplements as um, well, aging as a disease, then at that point, they may want to regulate supplements. But if they do that, then we won't be able to buy vitamin D off the shelf because anything that has been deemed to help you slow down aging or fight disease then you can't take it. So you won't even be able to buy vitamin C. So, so there's been a lot of fight in di- fights in different courts. I know the lawyers have been fighting that. So that probably won't ever come through, but I digress massively. Um, and with um, um, subcutaneous peptides, there's more and more clinics using them. Even if they're not regulated, obviously they're sort of self-regulating them. So as I say, there's 14 to 16 available now. Peptides is the future. You know, I, I know in 10 years' time, a lot of my friends, you know, we've been around this cycle. I was making videos of me doing ice baths six years ago. Like, what are you doing? And then we've got Russell Brand and everyone jumping in ice baths. And, you know, we're just, we're just ahead of the game. It's the, I'm not a bodybuilder, but bodybuilders for seat models and military. These guys are the original biohackers. They're way ahead. So whatever they were doing, we'll catch up. You know, these bodybuilders have been taking it and Melon since 2000. You know, now people are just talking about it. So they're always ahead of the game. And I think in the next 10 years, this, the peptide is going to be massive. I mean, look, the, the predicted to be the biggest selling drug uh, of 2023 is Monjaro. Right, which yeah, is a, I saw that. You know, that's, that's a polypeptide. Um, I've been working with that for four years and, and I've seen some amazing results. Uh, I mean, this is, this is a whole other subject. I mean, if you want me to talk about Yeah, that, we can okay. go to that. Okay. So what was Monjaro for anyone who doesn't know? Okay, so that's a, a GLP. So basically it, it mimics the, peps, pe- the peptide, glucagon, glucagon-like peptide, uh, which mimics the, uh, the peptide in the stomach that controls the speed of the digestive system and, all, and, and the side, not the side effect, but the impact is that it, um, it uh, fills you up. You know, you don't, you don't feel hungry. Uh, appetite suppressant's a bit of a harsh word, but it is appetite suppressant if you sell it in high doses. So here's, here's, here's my frustration with this product. The pharmaceutical company have launched it at 2.5 milligram. Monjaro, this is the Monjaro pen. So it's a nice, easy to use pen. You know, people inject themselves subcutaneous, like they do with insulin, which is also a peptide, and they don't, they don't get hungry. Some people don't want to eat at all. Some people can't eat for three days. Some people feel physically sick. And as always with this industry, <laughs> they just treat everybody the same, you know. Same so, dose, matter. Same dose. 100 yeah. kilos, 50 yeah, kilos. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. I mean, you must be 90 kilos. You know, like they give us the same dose. It's ridiculous. So that's my problem with it. And now people are, it's, it's being sort of tainted a little bit. And people say, oh, it's rubbish. You know, I'm, I'm, losing, I'm losing muscle. And uh, there's some research that, you know, it might cause cancer and it's disrupting the gut. I start, I've been starting clients on one milligram. And when, so, so you go, go into a pharmacy, take it, go home inject yourself once a week it's insane so when i work with my clients i get them to take the one milligram cell on the monday because it's only once a week injection 
I need to know how they feel four hours later. I need to know how they feel 24 hours later, 48 hours and so forth because I need to understand what's going on with their hunger, whether they felt any nausea. So that sort of feedback is very critical before you work out the sweet spot of what dosage is required. So generally the sweet spot for most people is 1.5 milligrams. As I said, they're setting it at 2.5. It's ridiculous. At 1.5, the results I've seen are just amazing. People are losing weight. They're more insulin sensitive. Uh, they're still eating three meals a day. I've got them focused on protein, got them focused on strength training. And in fact, what I'm saying to people now, if you don't consume protein and you don't, uh, you know, at least 100 grams of protein a day and you're not doing some sort of strength or resistance training, I refuse to sell them to you or work with you on them because this is when the problems will start to mm. happen long term for obvious reasons, right? The muscle deterioration. So... Um, yeah, that's my little gripe on that. <laughs> it's funny, actually, uh, Mark, you met coming in here, we were talking about, Mojoro actually came up in the conversation because we were saying that the big issue is like people take that, but then they, they just stop eating completely. And it's like, and then they moan, they lose all the muscle mass. It's like, no shit, Sherlock. It's like, if you eat nothing, then you're going to, and then people rebound really heavily afterwards because they go back to their old bad habits. And it's, I think that's the most important thing for people in weight losses in particular. It's like not, who is who you become in the process in terms of the habits you pick up rather than the way you look at the end that's going to keep you the results which i think why things like manjaro are great but i think they also can cause problems in the wrong hands if that makes sense because some people can't think the not the repercussions but how do i handle life after manjaro almost if that makes sense yeah yeah and how how long do i cycle off for what's Mm. the sensible cycle to do with with manjaro and generally i i like sort of four weeks on two weeks off depending on how much weight they've got to lose three times and then we have a long break is that just to not uh to keep their receptors open to that yeah because then they will start requiring higher dosages yeah and uh, And more side effects right exactly so um yeah the side effects have been very minimal at 1.5 some people are more sensitive most people 1.5 i've got one person up to 2.5 huge guy um but yeah generally it's fine you know you just as you say it's just they need coaching you can't just go and buy it from from the pharmacy or buy it from a doctor and jab yourself with 2.5 milligrams and then go home off you it's go it's a disaster that's a disaster well, I also think then the problem is that people don't um, they don't know what to do if not something goes wrong but if they start to feel sick or they feel weird it's like sometimes reassurance and that mm. that point I think is a huge thing sometimes yeah and it's pre-warning I've, I've seen people buy it from the pharmacy you know the guy I think, you, I think you buy it here I think it's it, yeah. people taking it home in their suitcases yeah. from here um, the guy that, that introduced us actually he was he came here yeah. and he, he said oh I couldn't get hold of 2.5 so I bought 5 and I just the, the guy at the pharmacy said it, was a, it would have the same effect he couldn't eat for 3 days he felt terrible <laughs> so there you go that's the information imagine you just doubled your dose but this is actually sums up Dubai in some respects like Dubai is an amazing place but sometimes yes. things like that like the literally will just sell you anything in terms of like yeah just take three times as much you'll be fine it's like it's uh would you say with peptides less is more sometimes Uh, i would say that almost if anything to do Mm. with supplementation to be honest um and it's again it's uh you know debates i have with a lot of people that you know just just keep the dosages sensible this is therapeutic for a reason there's no point going high and then saying oh i need to go higher i'm not getting the effect let's start low let's work together and this is this is my pain point is because i don't people just walking away and injecting peptides and not talking to me um i want it to do well i want people to respond well to it so you know as i say 80 percent, 90 percent of my life is speaking to people about peptide protocols and, and their feedback um yeah with so monjaro is obviously one of the big weight loss um peptides what would you say second and that obviously suppresses appetite is there anything that focuses more in terms of um like maybe like fat oxidization or that process specifically yeah so tessamorelin the, yeah. the one we discussed at the beginning 
that's amazing for losing weight around the midsection uh, for cutting up. That tesamorelin was, I think it was approved by the FDA, but I don't think it is anymore. I'm not sure. And it was originally approved to work with men with HIV that were going to go on medication, but the medication would work if they was carrying too much uh, body, fat. body fat. So uh, the tesamorelin really reduces that quickly. So it's a growth hormone, releasing hormone with all the benefits of growth hormone but you also get really cut from it as well so and that's that's amazing for people just want to say as a side note i know i don't need to tell you this but as a side note before i forget peptides won't work by themselves (laughs) so you know if if people just carry on you know shit lifestyle exactly yeah you've got to give them a chance so uh it just encourages it wants to encourage your body to fix itself or whatever objective you have it's going to really help you get there quicker but if you're still eating crap not getting out in the sun you know all the all the basic stuff then you know don't don't waste your money i think that's uh a huge thing i think people don't think of the we live in a society where people want the quick fix and i think the reality is that there are not say shortcuts but quicker ways to get to the end result and it's a bit like people people think like the just just because you give someone a formula one car doesn't mean they're going to win a grand prix right so it's like you need to understand that um, you can have all the best tools in the world, but you have to be able to actually apply them correctly. If you put Michael Schumacher in a Formula One car, then he's going to win the Grand Prix. So if, like, if you start to have the habits like Michael Schumacher, then you'll probably get the results you want and you win the Grand Prix in the racing analogy. Yeah, it's a good analogy. Well, actually, uh, nice little segue is that um, I did a post yesterday, I think you might have saw it actually, yeah. on a guy that had type 1 diabetes, yeah. whose dad was a famous Formula 1 driver, actually. And uh, he's a good sportsman. He's Formula 2. Uh, he does everything spot on. His diet's good. I mean, he lives in Ibiza, so he goes off the rails sometimes. But, you know, he's, he's very, very meticulous. And you see, he'd only been on the um, pancreas by regulator for seven days when he got those results. And that's the case in point. You know, I could have other type 1 diabetics on that and they won't get results that quickly. But he's out cycling every single day. He eats well. He's super fit. And you saw the results. You know, he's had the best outcome he's had since he was a teenager of his uh, insulin control, his insulin sensitivity. And that happened in seven days. Can these work? Um, I presume they work well. I say, like you mentioned, insulin sensitivity, things like metformin and other drugs that are designed to help in terms of blood sugar levels. Yep. So the great thing about peptide bioregulators specifically is they will... Their idea, says it on the tin really, the, the, the objective is to regulate the target area, normalize or balance. So if you are not well and you're taking a medication or you're taking metformin for whatever purposes, then the, the associated bioregulator is just going to help you get there quicker. And that was tested through COVID actually, uh, people with respiratory issues uh, that were taking medication and they had a... a test cases that were taking medication without peptides and test cases that were taking the lung peptide and every time they recovered more quickly with with the, with, with the, the peptide the lung peptide they recovered quick from covid yeah with the with the medication yeah yeah that's interesting and was that ever pushed publicly to use peptides no no no, 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 no let's let's not go down let's not go down that road but um yeah, look, peptides are becoming more popular. And as I say, I, we, I just want to get it out there. I want everyone to look at these peptide bioregulators. I met someone yesterday who, who runs a very, um, or is an editor of a, a famous magazine. And I was explaining how these worked. And she, I could see she wasn't really getting it. And then at the end of it, we said, look, would you like to try some? And she said, to be honest, I'm a bit scared what effect it's going to have on me. And I was like, you know, and, I, and after everything I explained about it being natural, it comes from food. I mean, if you're not vegan, you're consuming bioreg- peptide bioregulators every day. It's just that we've got this in a more purified, concentrated form, so it gives you that, that better effect. Um, it's not medicine. 
it just well it is medicine but it's not allopathic medicine there's no list of side effects as already said so just to understand that even if you don't think you need them you still take something like pineal anyway that's mm. just going to help balance your circadian rhythm and sometimes people say well, where do i start there's 21 commercially available peptide bioregulators and the question some well again as i said in the what post, trying to fix I yeah what's, what's your weakest point you're only as strong as your weakest point right so that's number one if you say actually do you know what i feel fine i've got no weak points that i'm aware of which most people do then it's genetically what did you do there's only issues with your mum dad grandparents there's any disease that you know do they have heart disease okay so let's focus on the heart bioregulator and the blood bioregulator because the idea is this is all about prevention with that what's do peptides what's like the half-life of them does it matter what time of day you take them you only mentioned some of them are like am pm is there an effect in terms of like say tesamorelin like should you take it just before training like is there any effects in that respect in terms of like actual timing of when you use these things yeah so generally uh, peptide half-lifes are not great they're quite short quick. So yeah, they are quick yeah uh, tesamorelin for optimal outcome you take before bed and 90 minutes away from food. So away from any uh, sugar spikes for optimal outcome. Sometimes I do it, sometimes I don't. Um, Ipamrelin the same, except you take it in the morning before, you know, long before breakfast, almost as soon as you wake up. Um, Ipamrelin has a terrible half-life. Uh, to optimise Ipamrelin, you probably should take it three times a day at least. But no one wants to inject themselves three times a day with a, with a peptide. So generally once with testamrelin or twice if you want to push it. BPC, short half-life, has to be taken twice a day. Uh, thymus and beta-4, a longer half-life, you can take that actually every every other day. That works fine. Um, so to answer your question, in general, the half-lives are very short, but of course, they all differ. And there's 60 of them, so I won't go through them all. What would you say is your peptide stack or the best one you recommend for people? Say you're uh, somebody who runs a business and you also want to be athletic in shape. What's like like this is you what's the, the like the go-to stack for you yeah so uh, as, as you probably can tell i favor uh testimonial okay. i like that uh currently i'm going through a bit of a recovery code so i don't, I don't want to not answer your question but at the moment i'm taking the muscle by a regulator because as we discussed i've been yeah. playing a lot of paddle so i'm trying to uh, recover and i take the retina okay. uh, because uh the effect that i got from the retina peptide was insane just from a personal perspective where I started doing that on my phone. So this is it. My eyesight. I used to watch one of the, I'm glad you brought this up. My eyesight's like falling apart because I spend so much time um, on the computer. Does it have a significant difference with that? Yeah. Okay, I, I couldn't believe it, especially for you. I mean, as I said, I'm not going to keep saying my age, but you know, it's, yeah. it, it'll be even better. The yeah. earlier you catch it, the better. And there's a, there's a bit of a protocol, actually. There's a product called CanSee, which is an eye drop. Uh, it's, uh, I think it's a company for, called Profound Health. And uh, you can buy those on Amazon. I'm not sure if you can get them in the UAE. But you can generally you can buy them on Amazon, <clears throat> and uh, they're an eye drop you take three times a day for six months. Take that along with the retina peptide, which you take ten days on, twenty days off. That's probably the only one I'm going to continue with. I'm probably going to take that every month for a while, just because as I say we spend so much time on our phones, and especially when I'm travelling, I'm a lot more, um, I'm a lot better when I'm at home. I leave my phone downstairs and you know go to bed. But when I'm travelling in a hotel room, you know I've got my phone next to me and I travel a lot. And that's when I, when I travel, I feel my eyes getting worse. So I do maintain uh, the retina peptide um digress slightly so yeah the retina the uh, muscle tesamorelin ipamorelin kpv that's my current stack i just i just love the kpv for the the recovery when you're training is that in terms of it just is that more um immune system like nervous system function or is it actually like reducing doms in terms of 
muscularity, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think I think it's it, because it has that um, anti-inflammatory effect. Okay. I think um, you it's know more systemic. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know, for me, you know, as I said, paddle, golf, training, you know, crossfit, Traveling. just everything. So you know, looking after my joint health is very important, and that allows me to train more. Uh, and again, as again, you have to just be very sensible and understand that you know it doesn't suppress pain, but I like to treat it like it does. Because you know, going to start you know stacking up weights all of a sudden because I lived heavy, you know, not walk for a month. So um, you just have to be sensible with it. But that's what I'm running currently. Um, just thinking about what's in my fridge back at the hotel. So uh, yeah, you allowed to travel with peptides? You know, I. I Seven, I'm going to Vegas in like two, three weeks. So I mean, look, you know, they're research chemicals. So, and you you are allowed to have research chemicals on you because it's for research purposes only. So, and you know, if they go on the internet, I'm an experiment, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> look, at, look at you. Um, and um, yeah, they go. You know, if you, I've heard stories. They go yeah. on Google and say it's amino acids, it's protein. Come on, bro. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and they they let you through. Okay. Um, in regards to use of peptides, is there like a minimum age limit? So, say like there's. I don't know, someone's got like a kid who's like 16, 17, and they want to go push into like pro sports. Mm. Is that a bad route to go down the peptide route in that scenario? I know it's a gray area, yeah. but just for anyone who's listening. Yeah, I, I would avoid doing peptides until you're 21, okay. you know, until things are uh, fully developed. developed. Um, in saying that, um, my daughter's been away at boarding school. Uh, she did a year at boarding school and um, it didn't really contribute to how focused she was before it's all it was good it was either going to make or break her or break her then make her and it just didn't really go well so um and her attention she's got a bit of attention deficit now so um there's a product that sort of fits into the peptide family called bromantane okay. it's a powder form you put it under the tongue sublingual and uh, they were using that a lot in the u.s actually and, and canada for children of adhd uh, to help them focus they literally give them a little dab of like 50 milligrams before breakfast put it under their tongue and it's helping them focus throughout the day uh, that was banned in the chinese olympics uh, because people were just having a little bit more of a cognitive advantage um yeah, so, and, 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 and I mean, I, I tried some before paddle a couple of weeks ago. I'm just hoping, did it work? Did you win? I'm just hoping no one has listened to this I played paddle with because we did. It's the first time yeah. I beat them, 7-5, seven, 7-5. Five, seven, five. Performance enhancing. And, <laughs> and I felt, I just felt, you know, as the, as the game went on, it's hot. I just felt more clarity and I was moving around well. So, yeah, I really like that product and that's, that's super safe. It's just a, you know, it's a competitive advantage. Do you have an opinion on like modafinil usage in, in terms of um, cognitive performance from that side of things or... Is that something that you've experienced with in the past or usage? Yeah, I have never used modafinil, actually. Yeah. But, you know, when we were talking about um, uh, sort of bodybuilders and the military people yeah. being the first original biohackers, well, the French military actually started with that product. It was well, Modafinil, they yeah, did. Modafinil is a French military. So they took modafinil to be more sharp okay. and focused when going into whatever they're doing. So, um, and that's where that originated from. So modafinil did help them focus more. So, you know, if you get a good quality product, then it's going to help, I'm sure. Yes, yeah, so I've... I've used it a couple of times and I haven't used it for a while. And I remember what, like, it's like anything, like you read the side effects or something like insomnia. And then like, for, like I think I mean, the second time I took it, I couldn't sleep. It's like, I'm never going to sleep again. And then it's like, and that sort of put me off. And I can only reuse, use like really low dose. I think they come in like 200 milligram tab. And I think I was doing 50. Yeah. Um, because I think whatever I had was obviously pretty strong. But the, uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm fascinated more by like, the brain side of things yes. of how you can like open it up. Because I think whether it's statistically true or not, um, my understanding is that you can only use 5% of your brain's power. So it's like, imagine if you get that up to even just like 10%, you're twice as smart, right? Yeah. 
Do you want to talk about psychedelics? Yeah, yeah let's go into that. <laughs> let's go into that. So, um, so as I said, I, I, I've been appointed a, di- a director of a company called State Mode Medical, and uh, our focus is adaptogen and psychedelic mushrooms. Um, so we've been approved by the Jersey government to grow, test, and destroy psilocybin, and uh, and also adaptogens as well. And uh, I've seen uh, adaptogens. So the, the problem we have with all these mushroom coffees and teas and these capsules, some are good, some are not, but it really depends on your digestive system, your, you know, your bioavailability, can you absorb? So yeah, and it's just so varied. It's just, it's just too many variables once you put something into your gut. Um, sublingual is the is is the way that these products are going to work best so i'm not going to talk any more on that because there's some you know ndas in place but um th- this is the, this is the future and then some of the results i've seen from people microdosing psilocybin that were ptsd uh depressed even suicidal it's completely changed their lives i mean i've got case studies on my phone that i can send to you after just at the result mm. the responses these people get very very quickly um i don't advocate working this blindly the company that's going to be doing this commercially, we will have gamification where you'll work with therapists and we will find your exact dose that works for you and it will be very individual. And with that, you know, it, that that's going to work because you shouldn't really feel anything. When you do these microdosing, you shouldn't feel anything. Uh, I sold it to myself because I used to listen to all these different podcasts and say, take it in the morning, you'll be super focused. I'm like, okay, yeah. So I take it in there and I've, you know, I've got ready to do a newsletter and then I'm caught away from the newsletter. I'm just like, I do not want to be in here typing a news. I want to be out in the sun. I've got a gym in my garden. So I just went and trained and put the music on and my wife comes home and I'm dancing in the garden. She's like, <laughs> I thought you were supposed to be training. I was doing a newsletter. I said, yeah, I just got a bit, I got a bit sidetracked. So um, yeah, you need to find that right balance and that dose so you don't feel anything yeah but actually when we do these tests uh we can tell before and after whether your neurological pathways are opening and this is all about opening your pathways right because you've got your, your pathways closed as you grow and you get sort of these preconceptions because we're you know we're growing ups and our brains are basically shutting off to everything that we don't understand to be real uh, like I gave you the analogy of watching someone close the curtains. There's yeah. no way the curtains can close unless you see it because that's what we've been programmed to do. But actually, when I did that test, the computer was closing the curtains, but I just couldn't Fathom conceive it. it and concept it. And, th- and then I did the, the low dose and I saw it happening. You know, So uh, it just, the, the, the key to this is open neurological pathways. And this is when we're going to start using more of our brain. Uh, it's going to be massive. It's already legalized in Australia. Uh, they can start importing from the 1st of July. That's uh, uh, MDMA, ketamine, and uh, psilocybin. Really? Yep. Um, and there's loads of states. I'm surprised point. Australia is legalised that because they're weird with like, I don't know, you, someone had a vial of testosterone, like you're going to prison. Like, yeah. It's, yeah, that's it's, really it's bizarre, isn't it? I, I, I'm the same. I said, of all the places to start, but fair play to them. You know, they're actually ahead of the game and the rest of us are going to need to catch up and we're going to need to catch up fast. Uh, Canada, I think, might have... They're quite liberal with yeah, stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, exciting times i think the next couple of years it's these are going to be real game changers do you think um the whole world is opening up a lot more to performance enhancement with products like this because i i for even from my experience in fitness over the last 10 years there's a lot more openness on um pd usage and all sorts of stuff like that and i think people talking more about like cognitive performance enhancing drugs i think it's becoming much more mainstream acceptable even maybe like people like joe rogan talking about it or like whoever it becomes more mainstream even if you look at the u.s cannabis is legal everywhere um canada does the same thing do you think the world is suddenly starting to just let this happen a bit more now yeah i think i just don't think we had any choice you know people are not silly it's okay suppressing all this and again i'm not going to go down a conspiracy route because we're all learning right mm. maybe the people 
the governments are learning as well uh, because some places are legalizing it. So uh, we're all catching up. It's been around for a very, very long time. It's in nature. And, you know, the more I learn about what we do, about um, health optimization, cognitive performance, everything that's going to really optimize us comes from nature. And it's just knowing how to use it. And, um, yeah, the world's opened up to it. I, I don't know if COVID had a, a something to do with it. I think, you know, again, a lot of conspiracy theories flying around about COVID uh, and a lot of people doubted what was going on and that made them explore other avenues, alternative health. Um, yeah, I th- it's exciting times. I think it's, uh, if, even if you look at that AI, all the other new stuff, I think the world's suddenly starting to accelerate really, really quickly suddenly. Even like I said to someone the other day, uh, chat GBT whatever only came out in November all this other stuff and like the stuff that even the new stuff I'm seeing like, I saw some stuff the other day I was like Jesus like this is advancing so quickly that it's incredible now yeah we're actually using AI technology to grow the mushroom spores um, so the key is we're, gr- we're growing them in these domes uh, and we don't want to go down the synthetic route we want to grow them from natural mushroom spores and these 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 big octagon domes they communicate with each other so we're using vibrations and different uh, light technology so if these spores of mushrooms grow quicker than the container wherever that may be uh, it will communicate with them saying look i'm ahead of you you need to catch me up i'm going to give you more vibration give you more red light because this is what i've been doing to get to yeah. this point and i'm gonna i'm gonna downgrade mine until you catch me up so the potency of every single mushroom will be exactly the same and that's happening because of ai technology yeah it's genius what would you say in terms of for anyone listening to this who they want to get involved in peptides and maybe learn more is the best place for them to go maybe do some more research if they're not fully sure like the lady said who's maybe a bit un, bit scared mm, yeah i think um yeah i mean you go to our website so we, we i'm I've, so uaepeptides.com put uh, the link below the podcast okay, okay thank you that's good for the peptide bioregulators i'm also created a company called uh, a website sorry called uaelabresearch.com and that i'm using as a platform to dig into to really investigate peptides of research where they come from um protocols that work for people the categories what they're for so i've just started that site so at the moment there's just 20 peptides on there and their research history 21 um and i'm building that website as i go because i actually want to try and use it as a central point where i can send people so they don't call me 30 times a day yeah i can imagine you need to centralize that but um really really appreciate your time there's a ton of information and knowledge for that um, do you guys have any social media or anywhere else where anyone else can reach out to you guys or uh, find so, out more about what you do? Uh, UAE Peptides. Okay. Um, that's a good one. Uh, DN Labs okay. is also a good one. That's, uh, that's, that's the facilities in Holland. So we look after all the Europe and UK. Okay. And then um, we can also, uh, for Dubai as well, and then UAE Peptides for Dubai. They're the main two uh, social media channels. Yep. Awesome. Thank you very much for your time. For everyone listening to this, make sure you go and check out uh, UAE Peptides. I'm going to give this some of stuff a while and let you report back. Uh, if you found this episode enjoyable, make sure you leave us a five-star review. We'll be doing plenty more episodes more down this line coming up soon. Uh, see you next episode very soon. Thanks, Charlie. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Thank you. It was awesome. Thank Good. You.